It's time for episode 212 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 25th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where if we go by the book, hours could seem like days. I'm your host, Dan Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host across this internet, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How you doing? I'm doing well across this very internet, joining my dear friend, Dan Morin. Uh, that's good. I'm glad that we really span the whole internet. I think between you and, you and me, we've got it covered. A to Z, the entirety. That's right. Uh, well, this is the show where we talk about tech topics with two wonderful guests. To my left, the uh, co-host of Originality FM right here on Relay and the proprietress of App Launch Map, Aline Sims is back. Hi, Aline. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I feel like it's been forever and it has, ever and ever. It has been, it's been a while, but we are so happy it's been a while. to have you back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And to my left, for the first time, design lead at Shopify, it's Kevin Clark, and oh, also the co-host of Layout FM. Uh, thank you for joining us on your birthday of all days. Oh, <laughs> thank you. There's nowhere else I'd like to be. Happy birthday! Oh. So, well, thank you, thank you. All right, so let me get things kicked off with our first topic of the day. Amazon has just announced a new service called Amazon Key which is designed to let people you trust and Amazon delivery people open your doors to deliver your packages. Uh, is this a thing that people want, or is this really just sort of a gateway for Amazon to sell more services as a middleman? Lean, what do you think? Nope, 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 nope. Um, so, so you're undecided I, is what I'm hearing. Right, yeah, a little wishy-washy. Um, for me... I do not feel that it is the best choice for me and my household. I mean, we own a house. We don't even let the landscapers have a key to the back gate. Like, it's just not something that we are comfortable with. Having said that, I do think there is a time and a place for it. And I mean, if Amazon can get their prices down, this could really mean a lot for people who work a lot and live in food deserts, for example. So I see the utility of it. I see where it's a really good potential business idea for Amazon. But I, it, it is so so not for me. I am right there with you. You know, there's a world, uh, I don't know that it's our world, but there's a world out there in which this is a, a cool thing and everybody's great and you can trust everybody and it would be fine. Uh, that's not the world I live in. I mean, there, there are multiple issues here. One, I have two very small dogs who like to uh, get excited when anyone comes to the door and just knocks. So I imagine that they would also get excited if someone came into the house and people are weird about animals sometimes. So I would not want anyone coming into my house and potentially being like afraid of my dogs or annoyed by my dogs and doing something to get them away. Like that's just terrifying. Um, I could envision uh, the possibility of maybe like if, if 
you know, you have a garage like I do that is separate from the house. Um, I would like open up the garage for somebody while I was away and say, hey, you can put the packages in there and close it back down. Um, but other than that, this just is not something that I am at all interested in. And on top of that, I've found that the people who deliver stuff to me all the time, because I'm a ridiculous uh, materialistic human, uh, are pretty good about like putting the package to the side of the stoop. So it's sort of behind my bushes, or they'll take uh, the rug that's on the front step and put it over the top of the package, something like that. So I really don't have too much of an issue right now with people putting packages outside of my home. And then I am also uh, privileged enough to get to work from home too. So I can usually go and get the package if I need to. So this just isn't for me, but maybe there is somebody out there who's trusting enough. Uh, let's hear from, from, uh, from Kevin to see what he thinks. Yeah, uh, I don't think this is for me either, because um, I get all my stuff delivered to the office, um, so I don't really have a use for it. Uh, I do think it's interesting how they sort of design this this new service, because uh, it works with a smart lock, but also with a camera. So that's how they, they're trying to sort of build this, this trust system where like you can see the delivery person walk into your house and make sure that they don't do anything like creepy in your house. Um, but uh, I think what's, what's interesting about Amazon is that they are going to try all these things because uh, receiving your deliveries is kind of an convenience sometimes like it's not a perfect experience and amazon just like willing to like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what's gonna stick um so i'm actually like pretty curious to see the the results of this like like is that gonna be successful is, is that not i don't think amazon cares really like they're they're really just trying everything yeah, I, I'm kind of curious. This is a groundwork for other systems. So obviously, Amazon recently bought uh, Whole Foods. And it's not a stretch for me to imagine a service whereby you order food delivered from Whole Foods. And honestly, like they show up and put it in your fridge. Like, right. I find that totally plausible that that could happen because they're already talking about like, oh, you can use this to let in your dog walking service or your cleaning service or what have you. And so Amazon is clearly positioning itself as a middleman in a lot of these regards. Uh, it, this is not a thing for me. Like, like Micah, I work from home. Uh, I have very good luck with having packages delivered. I have never had anything swiped, knock on wood. Uh, but I can understand the idea for people who have like, uh, when you get something delivered, it requires a signature, for example. And it's annoying because then you have to do the dance with taking that little thing off your door um so there there are uses to this i would be interested to see some sort of like almost like escrow style service where you could have like a locker uh that that say amazon could uh, open and put stuff in and then you could open later without giving people full access to my house because i just don't it just that is a line too far for me i'm willing to do a lot but i'm not willing to do that uh all right thanks for your thoughts I on that do that <laughs> let's go to our <laughs> second topic which comes from aline so I don't know as long as I can remember I, I remember Apple well Phil Schiller it's Phil Schiller's voice in my head saying we're doubling down on secrecy um, the talk show this year they kind of reiterated their committer, their uh, commitment to secrecy um, and then we had the least surprising Apple event I've ever experienced uh, with the iPhone 8 and iPhone 10 announcements um, all due to leaks all due to I don't know maybe sloppiness, uh, crunch time and negligence. I don't know. Um, and this week, an Apple employee's daughter uploaded a video of her playing with the still unreleased iPhone 10 at Cafe Max, uh, well in advance of any actual press embargo being listed, lifted. What the heck is going on? 
<laughs> like, oh my goodness. So HomePod uh, for where it just yeah. ruins everything. And then, yeah. I, and then this happens. I'm, I'm still sort of puzzled about what was going on there. I mean, because clearly like she had her DSLR above her shoulder at one point and is like looking at the phone. Meanwhile, her dad, uh, I assume like that's her dad across the table who is showing off the different features and stuff like that. He had to know that she was like recording video with the DSLR and like, I'm going to put this on my YouTube page or something like that. I have no, I, it, that's, this boggles my mind because it's like, how did this dad not know that he wasn't supposed to be sharing the fact that he had this phone, uh, and then letting, letting his daughter uh, take video of it and put it out there. This makes no sense to me. So I, I want to know the, the story behind that, first of all, because it's just puzzling, but I, it's interesting, Lane, because yeah, you know, we, we've, we've seen, like, we see the, the typical hardware leaks and stuff like that, but that usually doesn't reveal too terribly much about the product. Like, it doesn't give the full and complete picture. And so, for years when we've had these leaks, all of the, the Apple journalists will be like, yes, you know, we know what it looks like, but what I'm looking forward to is the story. Well, this year, the story was told, that storybook was opened before we got to Tim Cook uh, getting to the stage. So, we didn't really get an opportunity to learn the story, because we already all knew it. Uh, so, it, it's it's a little frustrating, but I think going forward, you know, Apple's going to be even more careful, uh, or at least I'd like to think that. But then again, someone within Apple <laughs> recorded a video and posted it online. And then Reddit, of course, picked it up and made sure that it was still available even after the original video got taken down. Uh, Kevin, what are your yeah. thoughts? That reminds me of when I first saw, there was um, an article on the outline, I believe, on um, like the famous like Apple secrecy meeting that had leaked, uh, where, <laughs> where they were basically saying that most of the leaks are actually coming from within Apple. And at that time, it was before the HomePod leak, that was before this, like before everything that happened. I was like, really? Is that the case? Because I feel like there's a lot of hardware leaks that are coming out of like China and all these things and now it just it just seems like it was a fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> really <laughs> like um so yeah, i have no idea what's happening uh i think for the like each one of these leaks have a different cause mm-hmm. um so for example like the this latest one like r- really seems like the strangest one because it's just like i don't care about the rules at all <laughs> seems like the this Apple employee, like we can see him in the video. Like there's no attempt to like hide anything. <laughs> They're like paying with Apple Pay, like at Cafe Max, um, versus the home uh, the HomePod leak, which which seems like that was a legitimate mistake. Um, and then uh, I feel like there was another one uh, where it was like the 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 links to the 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 software that was sent to like uh, uh, yeah. apple yep. like websites so yeah i don't know what's happening but basically apple is leaking from everywhere right now <laughs> <laughs> the leaks are coming from inside the house um, <laughs> yeah i so i think part of the problem here is that apple is is way bigger and way more prominent than it's ever been before and of course this means intense like increased scrutiny but it also means things like you're bringing on a lot more people uh you're you know potentially got turnover in your staff and so the youtube thing is very puzzling all i can think is that perhaps this was a maybe it was like a newer staff member who had not quite been like read the riot act on on secrecy yet but you would think that's kind of a day one thing um but 
it's it's very strange. Uh, I wonder if it's just a matter of like it's a harder to keep a lid on everything with all the attention and just the the massive amount of uh, projects and and people involved in all of these things. So. I think that they'd love to be able to tamp things down, but in some ways it's like, you know, getting the genie back in the bottle. I, I think it's pretty hard to control secrecy that much. Uh, that said, there are always some things that don't necessarily, you know, show up uh, in these leaks and, and maybe they'll be more careful next time. But I, I think this is an ongoing problem and I think it's one that Apple's going to be struggling with a lot. Maybe this guy is like Finn in The Force Awakens. It just hasn't been brainwashed yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Dan, I agree with you that it's a big company. People want to know what's happening. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to contain leaks. Um, and, and I think kind of that's where the emotional plea over over the summer was. Like, if you're thinking about leaking, I would encourage you to think about the feelings of your fellow <laughs> Apple employees. Um, so it's it's a hard problem. It's it, maybe even an impossible problem. I do feel like, you know, especially the firmware um, update was maybe a little bit of, I don't know, crunch time and sleep deprivation that led to some things getting in there that maybe shouldn't have been uh but yeah it's it's just fascinating to me that uh, that right after they're like nope seriously tripling down uh <laughs> quadrupling things down. all have, yeah right like all all we're all in on secrecy and it's no no <laughs> gotta find some hard. new I'm analogies sorry. there yeah we do all right great uh we are at Halftime, according to the clock. And of course, halftime is where we tell you about one of our fine sponsors. This week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our good friends at Linode. Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in just seconds. Their tools are easy to understand and they let you choose your resources and Linux distribution, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And Linode plans now start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Linode has over 400,000 customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, call them, even chat over IRC in the Linode community, probably send up smoke signals any way you want to contact them. They're there if you need help. They're, they're waiting to help you out. Linode's control panel is beautifully designed with a focus on ease and simplicity. It allows you to deploy, boot, resize, and clone in just a few clicks. They have comprehensive guides and support documentation that teach you everything you need to know for setting up and managing your virtual servers. They feature two-factor authentication to keep you safe, and you can create snapshot images of your disk volumes for backup and replication. Basically, Linode is the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you require, as well as the infrastructure and assistance that you want. And as I mentioned up top, Linode has fantastic pricing options available. You can get a server with a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and you can go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for just $60 a month. Across the board, Linode offers twice the amount of RAM that you'll get elsewhere. And even better as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code clockwise2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and Relay FM. All right, halftime is over, and that means Micah Sargent, step up to the plate. 
All right, we've got a very apple episode today. I'm sorry, all of you non-Applers out there listening. Uh, I am curious. So Apple is saying that it's planning on having iPhone X models in stock at the stores. That means there are going to be lines at the stores. Are you planning on lining up? Do you know anybody who is? Or are you going to be placing your order from the comfort of your home? Kevin, we'll start with you. So the weather is fairly unpredictable in Montreal, and it's getting colder and colder by the day, so I am not going to be lining up <laughs> in front of the stores. And uh, we'll just choose to wake up at 3 in the morning and pre-order from the app. Uh, lines. Uh, you know what I have to say to that, Micah? Hell no. <laughs> I have waited in a lot of iPhone lines, uh, including like waiting for the very first iPhone 10 years ago. And I am, I'm done. Uh, fortune, so this year, I'm on, I, or I've been on the iPhone upgrade program for the last few years, and it's improved to the point where this year, for the first time, when I upgrade my phone, I don't have to go to a store. They will deliver it to me, and I just get to send my old phone back which I'm very excited about because the last few years I had to like get up and like drive to a store. The first year I went, I I didn't even have like a guarantee I would be able to get a phone. So I'm back in the pool with everybody else waking up at three o'clock in the morning because of where I am uh, and trying to order a phone online before everybody else. Um, did I say three o'clock in the morning? Four o'clock, clearly. Uh, yeah, you should order your phones at 4 a.m. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan. Uh, I feel like, have I broken some sort of podcaster oath there? Is that? Yes, uh, you did. Uh, 305? How about 305? How do you feel about that? <laughs> Aline, what do about you? Do not listen to him, Dan. <laughs> Don't listen to Dan. Um, No, no, not standing in line. I have my pre-pre-order because I too am an um, upgrade program person. Um, And so hopefully we'll have it come right to the door. I did. um, It wouldn't be too bad standing in line now because it's, you know, it'll be November by the time uh, they're released. My first phone I stood in line for was the iPhone 3G. And uh, it was July in Phoenix, and it was also humid in Ugh. Phoenix. So it was over 100 degrees and humid and not my favorite experience of all time. So I'm, I'm, I, too, am done with lines, although I think I've stood in fewer than Dan, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I stood in line, I think, for the iPhone 6, I want to say. Maybe it was the 5S or the 6, but um, and not to not to be crass, but I, so I left, I left work. My boss let me leave work a little bit early so that I could get to the Apple store, because um, I worked like super early in the morning, and then uh, took off, uh, and like, I think it was like a split shift or something. But anyway, I get to the Apple store, I'm waiting in line, there are like, I don't know, probably 25 people in front of me, and I have to use the restroom so bad. <laughs> but I'm waiting in line the whole time time and I end up having to get like a larger size because they don't have the smaller size and they didn't have whatever color was the color that everybody wanted. So people were sort of starting to dwindle. As soon as I got to the door and they were taking me inside, I was like, can I please use the restroom? They didn't have a public restroom, but they let me use the staff restroom. (laughs) And I came back out and uh, got my phone. It was fine. Um, I'm not waiting any lines or waiting to use the restroom. Uh, I am going to wake up at 2 a.m. here in central time. Not not 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. or any other time, Dan, uh, with my fingers crossed and my lucky rabbit's paw and all that stuff that you need to make sure that it happens. Uh, but yeah, I'm also part of the iPhone upgrade program, so I've got that locked and loaded and uh, ready to go for, for that night, So, or rather that morning. So uh, good luck and Godspeed to all. Kevin, what's your question for us? 
All right. Um, so I've been thinking about this, and in the iPhone 10 introduction video, Johnny Ive said that for more than a dec decade, their intention has been to create an iPhone that is all screen. Uh, and so, except for the notch, uh, it seems like they've sort of achieved that ideal. Uh, so I, I was wondering, like, have we reached the iPhone's ultimate form uh, from this point on? Like, are new design, hardware designs as important as they used to be? What do you think? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. Clearly, they have been trying to get the screen bigger and bigger and occupy more of the face. Uh, like, that seems like the goal. Um, is there more work to be done here? Probably, but I think a lot of it is in what what replaces the iPhone further down the road. Like, what is that next revolution that comes along? Is there another revolution? Or will we be happy with the iPhones that we uh, that we have, you know, used for all these years and have evolved along with us. Um, you know, you might look at some of the earlier uh, products from Apple as examples of how their designs evolve. You can look at, you know, the iMac in some ways is, you know, you can draw a direct line from today's iMac all the way back to the original Macintosh, right? Like it's an all-in-one unit. Um, it's clearly been very streamlined and the technology has advanced considerably. I think the big question is what are the big technologies that will change the next decade or two? Are things like augmented reality and virtual reality going to take off and thus necessitate some other form of display or some other device that we're using? Uh, or is the Apple Watch going to become a bigger part of it? Or will we have like distributed like several devices rather than just a single monolithic device? So I think we're getting pretty close to the ultimate form of the iPhone, but I think the question is what happens alongside the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're at a point where they're kind of in, not limbo exactly, but like 6, 7, 8, iPhone 6, 7, 8 have all had very similar form factors. And so it kind of feels like the MacBook line at this point where they're like, yeah, we're going to make it a little thinner maybe over time and we'll, I don't know, add a touch bar to the phone. I don't know, whatever. And <laughs> um and eventually, you know, it just gets to a point where it's pretty close to like the ultimate form and, and that's what you got. I'd, I don't know what that means for the iPhone 10. Um, I have a feeling, you know, we've got kind of a different uh, aspect ratio and that kind of thing. So I'm wondering if if things are going to take a surprising turn over time um, because They've just created more things to tweak with iPhone 10. Maybe they were feeling a little <laughs> bored and like, okay, um, let's make it a little, a little taller and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I think that they're they're at a point where they're kind of tweaking and perfecting, and probably like Dan said, looking for what that next step and what that next um, piece of technology, the next game changing thing, is going to be. Yeah, right now it feels almost like they've they've done a good job catching up with technology and where it is right now, where, you know, for, for several years, sometimes the argument was made that although Apple had like a, you know, an all-in-one phone that, that they built and designed and did all this stuff, there were some Android devices that offered higher quality this or faster that or better this or better that. And Apple with the iPhone 10 has, uh, as my colleague Renee Ritchie has put it, uh, made made next year's iPhone today, um, or the future's iPhone today, or however it was. Anyway, my point is, like, this This seems like they sort of looked at the technology that was out there and said, we're going to make that happen right now. So the only thing that I can see happening is, 
you know, looking at, at, at these developments and like trying to, to come up with what comes next. And that could mean, you know, finding some way to completely remove the notch and it's all embedded. There's just uh, a completely full, absolutely, you know, in, encased screen without even any bezel at the top or the bottom. Um, those solutions are, are small in, in form factor and I'm sure huge in technology uh, and what that's going to take. But I, I don't see too many more iterations on the sort of rectangular slab of glass type design. Um, so the only thing that could come next is something that's other than that. Uh, but until that happens, I think, yeah, like Aline said, we're going to see small tweaks on these designs that exist right now kevin any last thoughts on that yeah i mean personally i'm fine with that and i agree with with everything you said um and what i'm hoping is that one apple like can dedicate more time to thinking about the future and like whether it's it's glasses or it's a car or whatever um that they can sort of it allows them to shift their attention hardware wise uh to these future products that seem still very futuristic um and really focus innovation on the iphone around software uh because i i do think that there is a lot of things that they could do software wise um and 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 we haven't seen that much evolution on like iOS. Like it still has very much like the core, the same core concepts uh, mm. since the beginning. So I think it'll, the next few years are going to be interesting. Oh yeah, the next few years are are always interesting, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Never quite know what's coming down the pike next. Well, and if it keeps leaking, we will. <laughs> oh, 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 well, that is four topics, which means hopefully we have just enough time for a bonus topic. And uh, Micah, who brings us the bonus topic this week? Well, it is our dear friends at Casper. Casper is the company that created an outrageously comfortable mattress that it sells directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. See, Casper's award-winning mattress was developed in-house. It has a sleek design and is delivered in an impossibly small box. Like, it arrives, you're going, how in the world did that get in there? In addition to the mattress, Casper now also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets, also a pet bed and and some other things too. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper mattress. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. So it's no surprise that it has an average of 4.8 stars across more than 30,000 online reviews. Their San Francisco research and development teams have developed a proprietary foam that relieves pressure and increases airflow. They combine it with springy comfort layer to contour to your body and keep you cool. This means that Casper mattresses have just the right sink and just the right bounce. You probably heard that one before. Casper makes quality mattresses at great prices, and they're designed and developed right here in the U.S. of A. They've cut the hassle and cost of dealing with showrooms and are passing those savings directly to you, the consumer. I have a Casper mattress, Casper sheets, Casper pillow, Casper foundation, Casper bed frame. I am all in on Casper, and there's a good reason. It's because I have never slept better in my life than I have on my Casper mattress. I love it. In fact, so much that one of my, uh, I, I put, placed an online review for a Casper mattress and they ended up taking my review and putting it in a commercial. Um, I really like Casper. Uh, the, the mattress is comfortable. It's, I'm a hot sleeper and it keeps me nice and cool. So, uh, you should definitely check it out. Well, Buying a Casper mattress is so easy, and guess what? It's completely risk-free, so you can check it out without worrying about spending 
too much money on something you don't want. See, Casper offers free delivery and free returns to the U.S., Canada, and now the U.K. too. With Casper, you can actually get to sleep on their mattress before you make your decision. You're going to get 100 nights to decide if the mattress is for you, because guess what? You spend a third of your life on your mattress if you're getting the amount of sleep you need to be. Now, if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and they'll refund you everything. You can get $50 toward any Casper mattress purchase by visiting casper.com clockwise and using the code CLOCKWISE at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you so much to Casper for your support of our show, and let's go to that bonus question. All right, really quick. Halloween is imminent. Do you have a costume? If not, do you have a favorite costume from the past or some sort of dream costume that you aspire to? Aline? I have this Renaissance-looking dress that I wore like three years in a row. Um, I feel like it's time to retire it, but it's still, and no, I gave it away. I was going to say it's still in my closet waiting for the perfect opportunity, <laughs> mm-hmm. but no, I gave it away. So some other awesome person could pick it up and, and have an amazing Halloween costume. And I loved it. I am uh, probably going to go as uh, a wizard this year because I happen to have a wizard uh, a wig and a beard mm. and some eyebrows uh, that I bought for a like <laughs> a sight gag for a podcast <laughs> that I happen to record with Aline. But eventually, uh, I want to get the, one of the costumes from Star Trek Discovery so that uh, my partner and I can go as, and now their names are escaping me, but basically the... Uh, the gay couple that's on uh, Star Trek, because I think that that would be super cool. Kevin, what about you? Uh, So this year I'm dressing up as Link uh, from Zelda. Awesome! Yeah, really excited about that. Micah totally stole mine about the Discovery jumpsuits, but I will say as a kid, I did dress up once as uh, Commander Riker from Next Generation, including with like a, you know, a drawn-on beard. So (laughs) I got got cred there. I got cred. Uh, Oh, thank you so much for your answers to that. It is the end of the show, and all that remains for is for us to thank our guests, Aline Sims. Thank you so much for coming back on clockwise thank you so much for having me and kevin clark thank you so much for joining us for your first time and happy birthday thank you so much it was great it was a lot of fun and micah uh trick or treat uh trick oh the trick is it's the end of the show uh thanks everybody for tuning in uh we'll see you next time and until then remember watch what you say and keep watching the clock (laughs) everybody (laughs) 